Welcome to season five of the Digital Orthopedics Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Stefano Bini. Season five of the podcast will bring you outstanding presentations from the COVID-19 Orthopedic Response Summit powered by DocSF, the Digital Orthopedics Conference, San Francisco. It was streamed live in April 2020. We had over 4,600 registrants join us from around the world for what proved to be a really groundbreaking event. What you can expect are short, concise, and brilliant presentations that last approximately 15 minutes each. In them, we review the clinical aspects of COVID-19, leadership and design thinking solutions, digital technologies deployed to fight coronavirus, and the impact of COVID-19 on clinical practices. Each presentation will be followed by a question and answer period hosted by myself or my co-host, the insightful Shauna Butler. We hope you enjoyed these presentations. This is part two of the presentation from the brilliant IDEO team in which Dennis Boylan, Tanya Brettler from the healthcare practice at IDEO presented design results from the Designathon. We are so impressed with their work. Please join me on the virtual DocSF stage with Dennis and Tanya for the big reveal. And if you missed the first session, you might want to think about going back to listen to our last podcast. Hi, guys. It's Shauna Butler. I am the co-host of COVID-19, The Orthopedic Response. It's brought to you on behalf of the conference DocSF, based out of, the, out of UCSF, the Department of Orthopedics. And we're so thrilled to be joined by the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons, AAOS. And in our next session that I am so honored and thrilled, I get to have these design legends with me. So Dennis Boyle, he's been a leader of teams that have done remarkable work in the design thinking space at the IDEO firm. He's also a teacher at Stanford in the, I think everybody knows this wonderful, the D school that's really helped us to think about human-centered design, empathy-based design. And we also have Talia Brettler. In her first life, she decided she wanted to be a pediatrician. And then she recognized the value of design and wanted to bring design into us. And particularly human-centered, empathy-based design, much more into our practice. So, Dennis, I'm going to invite you to start walking us through a presentation. And as you're thinking and listening to this presentation and the audience, we're doing something that hasn't been done before. We're going to be doing a design sprint. So Dennis is going to walk us through what design thinking is like and how all of that works. And then he's going to invite the audience across the globe to share very specific problems that they're experiencing during the COVID pandemic and invite you to have their... He's going to take it back over the next 24 hours. He and Talia are going to lead the design team at IDEO in doing a, a, a sprint, a 24-hour sprint on those problems that you've identified over in our chat area. And he's going to take their team and they're going to come up with potential solutions. So Dennis, why don't you take it from there? All right. Thanks, Shona. Great honor to be here and, and be part of the Doc SF. We've been contributing for the last four years. Um, so this is a perspective of what uh, designers and innovators, how they're responding around the world to this crisis, the pandemic. Let's try to move to the next slide. I guess I'll just press on the thing. Well, Sean, I'm, I'm pressing, but it's not moving. Let's go, let's go to this one. All right, let's try that. All right. Uh, IDEO is a design and innovation firm, nine offices around the world, 800 people. We use design thinking as a core philosophy. 
there's a balancing act between what people need, what business needs, and what technical factors need. So what happens when these are well-balanced is innovation, but we start with what people need. There's been a giant outpouring of effort by designers around the globe to respond to this. Innovators inventing. Every few minutes, I get new reports and ideas, but iterating on old products, creating new products, creating new infrastructure, creating conditions that promote collaboration. We think of this as an Apollo 13 moment for the world, how to make things work when there's no um, textbook for this. Here's, I've got a number of great organizations that just formed groups. This is the Emergency Design Collective formed by Dr. Amanda Salmon out of UCSF, uh, San Francisco General Hospital. She's a trauma surgeon. Nick Dawson, who's a Kaiser innovation leader. Now there's uh, over 100 people, part of this, all doing projects that they're finding out in the world that need to be done. Emergency Design Collective. Here's a woman, Kanupriya Agarwal from the WHO Digital Health. And she and her team have created a telehealth directory now with uh, over 100 entries for around the world for how telehealth can be accessed. Here's Startup Health launches a navigator to help organizations find solutions. This is OpenIDO, a platform to solve uh, problems uh, on the web. And this challenge is how might we rapidly inform and empower communities around the world to stay safe and healthy during the COVID-19 outbreak. Now, there's hundreds of ideas already on the platform, and they'll start moving into trying to iterate and solve on some of them. This is a, here's Partners in Health that's having a webinar today. Don't leave this conference, but take a look at that later. Here's a Get Us PPE site looking for people that need PPE or that have PPE and exchanging it. There's another one called Mask Match. Send your mask to healthcare workers without leaving your house. Getting it or sending it. So I'll just go into some of the online responses for the pandemic. We're all moving towards a world where masks may be recommended even when you go out. And so there aren't enough masks for hundreds of millions of people in the U.S. and beyond. So here's a bunch of ideas that are online now from the Emergency Design Collective of how to make a mask at your home with what you have in the home from cotton and from uh, string and cord and, and shoelaces and all step-by-step instructions to Come up with something if you feel good about this and have no masks and don't want to take masks out of circulation for for medical professionals. So these could be very good strategies to build masks. Here's out of a towel. Here's out of Ziploc bag with coffee filters. All these things function well enough to um, be effective. And there's lots of different um, uh, references online to how well different materials functions as masks. Lots of thought around maybe the mask will help um, you not spread the condition or at least help you not touch your face as well. So a lot of that's going on. Here's a woman, a friend of mine who leads a breast cancer survivors group using, well, what else but a bra as a bit of PPE. Here's a, a physician that put on an idea, putting buttons on her, on her scarf and so to save her ears. Here's another uh, student designer that made a mask so you could see your lips move so deaf and hard of hearing can see and read your lips. Here's lots of work online around uh, face mask patterns that you can download and use as patterns by printing out the pattern. Here's some neat work by Brigham and Women's. They've created uh, these testing stations that are made out of polycarbonate, kind of like bank teller stations. So they don't all have to wear PPE and do testing without a chance of contamination or infection. This is an online uh, pattern available out of the IDEO Cambridge office using Tyvek as a uh, substrate and step-by-step uh, -step on how to make this. 
here's a physician out of the University of Florida that has started to make a mask out of a surgical wrap, which uh, has similar characteristics to commercial surgical masks, but it, it, you can clean these. You can uh, use these over and over because they can be uh, sterilized. And then there's people trying to reuse their masks and there's a number of successful strategies on how to clean or disinfect them using hot air and UV light and steam. But don't use alcohol and don't use chlorine-based disinfections. Uh, they, they, they degrade the, the function. There's all this great work online about how to come back into your home if you're a healthcare worker or, or you feel that you're in a place where being exposed, you're an essential worker out there. Lots of infographics online, prep step by step, how to come back into your home and minimize chances of infection, how much you should wear in what instances are out there. Lots and lots of things that how to keep reminding yourself to keep this social distance or this physical distance of six feet or more. There's many, many memes on how to act, what behaviors to keep to. And so lots of lovely uh, communication devices out there um, that reinforce this. Now, here's a, one of the designers at IDEO. His wife was a physician at local San Francisco hospital, and they ran out of face shield. They had one face shield they were sharing between six physicians. So design team over this last weekend went into action, started designing and building, built 100 face shields and tested them, and then started to build more. They went online and went into a GoFundMe and now have raised over $75,000. And they're building um, something around a thousand of these face shields a day. They're starting to ship them all over the area and beyond and uh, getting all sorts of great responses. Again, they're almost three quarters of the way to $100,000 in just three or four days. Let's try to see if we can show a little video of this one minute video. Dennis, we're not hearing the sound. Is it possible to um, turn the volume up? Okay. I, I could uh, maybe if you could narrate over top of it okay well here's some just some quick shots of some of the production in in process right now so it's showing product being made up to a thousand a day and being out in the field and being tested so it's a quick little thing that's part of the gofundme anyway it's a good uh, cause so let's some um, so just looking online for GoFundMe face shields, there's over 1,200 projects out there being funded and people working. There's over 600 for masks out there in this GoFundMe site. So that's just the tip of the iceberg. So a great deal of remarkable response by innovators. Here's an interesting uh, area by a woman designer in the San Francisco area, Abby Don and her team, trying to make the blood donation process better. It's really broken. Everyone's scared to go out of their homes. They've been st told to stay home. So the motivation process and safety around this are big factors. There's a whole donor journey that's broken now. And so they're creating a new journey to convince people and show people where to go, how to do it, and that it's safe. So um, look for this. The blood donation is way down. So there's a crying need out there, serious need. So please uh, look at these kind of opportunities carefully. And then ventilators. We've heard, we're hearing this all the time, how this is a critical shortage. So there's a remarkable amount of response online all sorts of plans being put up uh, by individuals, by design teams at universities. They're trying to put, figure out how to use one ventilator with multiple patients, with different types of strategies and putting up their designs. 
but then the thing that's quite um, noticeable is people using these ambu bags or these emergency bags that are manual and putting mechanisms around them to make them uh, automatic. So there's here's a University of Minnesota a physician and a team creating a, a sophisticated version of this uh, to squeeze the ambu bag. Here's an MIT team that's put their plans on the web for a ventilator in the same space. Here's Dr. Von Koo from Jefferson University putting his plans up on the web. Here's a UK firm that makes vacuum cleaners putting their plan up on the web. And then people are using uh, snorkel masks for uh, to substitute for ventilators in some for some patients. And there's a firm in Texas that makes these helmets that does the same thing. And now they're being helped, funded by Virgin Galactic and other people because this has become so effective. And they've gone from making a hundred a week to thousands a week. So, but but what's really starting to happen now is the corporate American corporate world's corporations are starting to come online. It reminds me of this the arsenal of democracy where uh, the auto companies started to produce goods in the war effort. And this is the Willow Run in Detroit, Michigan, that Ford put together to produce one B-24 bomber every 63 minutes. The interesting fact is my father flew one of these in World War II uh, out of Italy. Um, and uh, he joked that they called it will it run, not willow run. But anyway, the, the idea is that now companies are coming online in just a few weeks with better and better testing. Here's uh, Abbott's new test. It works in just um, five to 15 minutes. People are trying to understand how to track COVID-19 through different means. In this case, Scripps is experimenting with looking at your wearables data. Um, here's Richard Branson's company, Virgin Orbit, beginning to mass produce ventilators. Here's Medtronic putting one of their ventilator designs online for people to look at and produce. Here's James Dyson designing a new ventilator in 10 days, and he's on the way to making 15,000 of them. General Motors is putting together a coalition to build ventilators. And uh, Ford Motor Company is, has multiple projects to build PPE and respirators. And ventilators, here's the CEO, Jim Hackett, talking about this and how they're just completely devoting their a big part of their workforce to this, this very moment. So uh, final bit for some inspiration. Physicians have never been more appreciated and they've become uh, Sanjay Gupta and uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci and others have become household names now. We see them, we look for them, we try, they calm us down just amazing. And there's all sorts of outpouring of appreciation around the world at certain times where people come to their windows and clap and cheer. And it's just great to see another other little bits. Here's a, uh, someone sent this to me. Uh, three sisters were all set to go to their prom, which of course has um, been postponed, but they, they and their friends and their families all put the prom on online. And so a uh, beautiful uh, response. Um, and then one thing I've seen over and over is our, our, Friends and family, we get together online with Zoom cocktail parties or Zoom uh, gatherings. And this has turned into a thing I look forward to every evening. Um, and then finally, I'll just leave you with this um, firing Rotterdam Symphony Orchestra story where they've each gotten together uh, and each contributed a part of uh, Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. And uh, look for that and other uh, symphonies like the Toronto Symphony and others are doing similar and same things. So look for that online. So again, I like to end with this best way to predict the future is to invent it. And that's going on around you. It's very inspirational to see. Um, so I'll just move into this bit where, as Shauna mentioned, 
we have an ideal design team standing by to do a little one-day sprint. And we're, we'd like to call for a list of uh, potential challenges from the audience to ideate upon. We'll choose one and work on it and share progress uh, ideas and concepts tomorrow at, at 3.20 p.m. PT uh, in tomorrow's session. And uh, I'd like to call, uh, well, there's PPE instructions for safe behavior, improving ventilators, improving testing, tracking, enabling and encouraging blood donation, enabling and encouraging social distancing, tracking patients that are non-symptomatic, solutions for undocumented patients, solutions for lonely people shut in, better experience waiting in line, homeless encampment, aid to marginalized communities. The PPE and, and ventilators are being worked on heavily. So you might think about something that you're seeing that's outside of some of the more uh, heavily worked on areas. So I guess I'd like to um, have call uh, Talia in and Shauna back and uh, kind of move to the area of discussion and uh, getting some feedback from the uh, audience. Yeah. So I'm going to leave that slide up so that everybody can be taking a look at what this mini hackathon is. So first of all, I want to say thank you. This is really exciting. And to, to have you pull up and make available the range of activity that's going on. And I think one of the things that I'm always surprised by is just how many problems there are. And fortunately, we got a lot of problem solvers. And I just, I just want to, I appreciate that you brought in the clinicians, um, Sanjay Gupta and Tony Fauci. And there are an enormous number of nurse innovators and respiratory tech innovators. And we are seeing home health aides and people who are our language translation because when we're wearing our mask, you know, what are the other ways that we're able to communicate? So it is all hands on deck and inviting everybody. And Talia, I'm curious if you could answer what are the unexpected co-conspirators and accomplices that we need to bring on board in this design challenge? Sure. Thank you. And thank you, Dennis. That was enormously inspiring and hopefully really iterative. And we will continue to build on all of these ideas. So, you know, there is no limit to who we can tap on here, right? Anyone and everyone is mm -hmm. an innovator in this space. I think in times of pandemic, it's been beautiful to see our country come together and try to solve and all the mask matching campaigns and mask sewing campaigns. Um, but really, especially in this situation, everyone doing direct patient care and people whose family members have been impacted, I think we can tap anyone and everyone. And Dennis talked about innovation in various spaces and some of them is equipment and equipment making. Um, but I also want to emphasize that we've had to innovate infrastructure and supply chains and how important that is when we're thinking about innovation. Because if I can create a wonderful new product in my basement, that's very different than getting it out in the field mm -hmm. and in the world where it can be used to have an impact. Well, and Dennis, one of the things that you brought up is in this moment of physical separation and in our social distancing, we're actually trying to find how do we say socially connected while we're physically distanced. And um, you brought up some really wonderful examples of how we can show support. And some of the things that I've been seeing that are a real challenge is actually end of life care and the numbers of ways that we need to try to use these new ways of being connected and being present at really sensitive, tender moments, proms, graduations, births. And so I haven't put it in the chat, but I'm going to tell you that that's one of the problems that I want you to be, I want to put in that design sprint is at those critical moments when we really are missing that human connection, that human touch. That's one of the problems that I want to throw out to the design team. Um, 
Can you walk us through the design sprint? What are you guys going to be doing? Because we hear this and and when we talk about design, oftentimes people think about a logo or something, you know, stationary, you know, something like that. But this is human-centered and it is empathy-driven in this moment in time, definitely empathy-driven and process. Sometimes we don't think about the design of a process. You know, you mentioned the customer, the, the journey for blood donations. We've got a lot of journeys and I think very much in the orthopedic space, it is, we can't do things the way we've been doing them. So there are a lot of journeys that need to be thought about. The prehabbing, the surgical experience, the the post-habbing, there's a lot to to be considered there. So in this design sprint, how does what does the design sprint look like? It will have a little team of at least three people, maybe maybe one or two more, but we're, we're going to get together right after this this talk and and look at all the responses from including yours. And we'll we'll decide on one or maybe combine a couple uh and th- there'll be at least a, a few hours of research meaning like trying to understand what's going on out there in, in whatever space this is and then um beginning to do some ideation around what the initial ideas that come to mind and ideally even uh, this afternoon they'll take some of these ideas and find people out in the world of course you have to communicate with them uh, online but you'll show these ideas and discuss them with whoever needs this i mean in the case of this there's a work going on in palliative care for instance by the emergency design collective i, I mentioned uh and there's a couple other problems i'm aware of that are being worked on in this space so how do you actually have these moments that matter be available to people online mm-hmm. And so testing some ideas and uh, how how could you be present at a birth? How could you be present at some of these events uh, that, that you need to be? In? And they'll do some ideas, Asian testing. And then tomorrow morning, they'll try to refine some of these things and make a presentation that we can show. It's a one day project, but normally these projects are months long. And so everything is compressed into a couple right. hours for each little part of the process. So I just want to throw out to you some of the questions that are coming up. This is a really interesting one as far as journeys. Coordinating grocery shopping with appointments based on your COVID testing, such as outdoor lockers for a vendor or putting food in certain, you know, if you've made your order, how might you put that into place and make testing available at the same time? Coordinating that. Um, we had another one about the negative pressure rooms in the OR. My hospital doesn't have any negative pressure operating rooms. Are all positive pressure? They're all positive pressure. Would love to see a suggestion on how to mitigate the spread of virus out of the operating room. So um, again, it's it's everything from my daily life to my clinical um, experience as a as a provider and also as a patient. Uh, with the design sprint, are you open to members of the audience joining your team virtually? I, I, you know, I, I think members of our audience might be able to help us test some of our ideas, right? So like Dennis is saying, this is really very condensed 24 bit where we're starting we, with, we the hu- with a lot, you know, we're expecting <laughs> we're, big things. We're, we're starting with the human problem. And then we put together our inter- interdisciplinary team of visual designers, mechanical engineers, industrial designers. Um, everyone works together with their own perspective. We're going to, right after this, as Dennis said, we're going to pick one or a few of these challenges and have a brainstorm. We talk about going divergent and before we go convergent. So we'll think, what are the possible opportunities? And then very quickly, we'll have to pick one and then try it and prototype it. And perhaps we can figure out if some of your audience members might be able to help us as part of that process. And if not, then 
next 24 hours if we decide to continue or have ideas that people want us to continue to try we can set that up and then we're really excited to share back tomorrow so yeah you might have i'm not sure exactly how to communicate back and forth other than this chat channel here maybe we can communicate via email in some way too but i i really like the idea that talia put out that some of our audience could be evaluators or testers or okay. give us feedback on uh, on concepts um, is there a way for our audience to reach you during the design sprint to um offer ideas problems resources um we have I think probably the best thing is email. Um, okay. The next, uh, here's a, a slide that has emails on it right there. Delphine is a, Delphine Huang is a, a um, another one of our medical directors. She's part of this process, but not on on the okay. line today. Um, and then, like I say, there's three or four other people that are standing by to work. And so, yeah, if you want to send us a message via email, I can't. Well, I promise we'll um, completely respond to everybody if we kind of get overwhelmed here. I see 4,000 people on, on this uh, conference, but we're excited to be a uh, part of it and be kind of showing some of the design and perspective. Okay. So that, that sounds great. What other, um, I'm, I'm thinking about from the standpoint of, we've got a lot of people watching who are doing their own design work, their own design sprints. Have you got a resource so that other people could be doing design sprints virtually. Is there a way that, I mean, obviously you're going to be running one, but if we've got a lot of different design sprints going on, have you got a resource that you could share so that people could be running their own design sprints? Not all of us speak English. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, there's a fair number of resources online. If you Google design thinking, um, uh -huh. Google IDEO dot com for design resources there's i've mentioned this open ideal project underway right now which is an online you know crowdsourced project and if you go to ideal open com, you'll see the process in other uh categories and in this category going on right now and they, they outline the process there it's there's a great deal of resources online. I mean, the, the D school, Stanford D school, has a great deal of resources on the design thinking process. If you go to you know Stanford D school address, you know do, you'll just Google that as well. Yeah, Google the D. It's not hard to find. Yeah. You know, and I was, I was uh, and so, sorry, I'll build on that. Our yeah. partners at IDEO.org have a design kit, so I put that link in our chat. It's designkit.org. Which if you're new to human centered design, there's a lot of great techniques there. But we'd love to help partner with all of you who are interested, assuming we have appropriate bandwidth and time. Well, you know, the other thing that I was thinking about too is that in this uncharted moment that most of us who are living have never really had this place where the world has taken a pause for us to really think about, to, to stop the transmission chain. But then also it really gives us a moment to reflect on important matters and also a time to really dive into some great connection around humanity. And Dennis, I loved the, the ideas that you were sharing about how people are convening together online. And I just wanted to share, you know, here with our audience and with you, there are two that I've come across. So I don't know if you've seen the social distancing festival, mm -hmm. but much like what you talked about with the Rotterdam Symphony, um, a wonderful young man recognized that so many performances where people had just worked to bring a, a really 
beautiful moment of human inspiration to a stage has been canceled. And all across the world, ballets, operas, orchestra performances, high school programs. And he's created this wonderful collection of live performances that were recorded that people can go and see. So that's the Social Distancing Festival. And then I came across the London Floral School. Uh, they're on, I found them on Twitter and they have every single day a collection of things that you can go watch to, for, for your cultural enrichment. So I, you know, to your point, we've had to redesign the human experience, how we connect as a community, how we connect through the arts, how we connect through our health, our schooling. So you've, I'm hoping that you can share some other resources with us as well. We'll look for those. They come in all the time, but I, I can't help but reinforce your, the social, this has created a way more opportunities for socializing in, in new ways that we'll, yeah. we'll probably never go back. <laughs> this will go forward with some of these things. It's a, you know, yeah, socializing and collaborating to your point, these design sprints, we're figuring out ways to do them virtually. Most of the projects that you shared where we're thinking, rethinking a ventilator or per- personal protective equipment, many of these things have been done collaborating virtually. So I'm thinking that the D school, I don't know if it's available on Coursera or some of the other online learning platforms, but maybe maybe all of us as clinicians who are on a pause, we go in and we become uh, designer doctors. <laughs> well, there's, there's, designers. A, there, there's a part of IDEO called IDEOU that's online, 15 different courses in the process and quite a few other resources around the world and other university settings. And, and uh, so uh, there's a lot of good resources online for learning this process or practicing it or working on teams online. Uh, so I, I recommend looking out there for that. Okay. Well, I think you guys have a lot of work that you that you need to get going on, right? That's right. And Absolutely. You need every minute that we can possibly give you because we're going to see you back in 24 hours with some interesting approaches to a lot of problems that have been identified. So we, if you've got any more uh, problems that you would like the design team at IDEO to work on during this design sprint, the chat bar will continue to be open. And we will look forward to seeing what problems you'd like them to be working on. And I want to thank you guys for um, just the work that you do and the spirit that you bring to it, that uh, you embrace problems. And I think that in this this moment in time, we need to be looking at that and say, how do I embrace a problem and look at it and make friends with it so that we can come up with a, a solution that works for so many people? All right. Well, thanks. It's been an honor to be part of this. Uh, and we'll, we'll start work right after this year. All right, guys. All right. Thank you. See you later. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this presentation from the COVID-19 Orthopedic Response Summit powered by DocSF, the Digital Orthopedics Conference, San Francisco. We hope you'll explore other episodes in this and other series. We are grateful to be joined by the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgery, in promoting this event, as well as many other organizations such as AUKUS, the American Association of Hip and Knee Surgeons, the NHS Innovations Team, and EKA, the European Knee Associates, to help to share this content to a global audience. Please consider rating this podcast in your favorite player, recommend our platform to others you think may enjoy our content, and visit docsf.health to sign up to join our community of innovators and change agents. Be the first to hear our next event. DocSF.health is spelled D-O-C-S-F dot health, H-E-A-L-T-H. Thank you.